we go. It's Wednesday, February the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2024. You are listening to Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And last week we finished our study of the book of Proverbs. And this week, of course, is Transfiguration Sunday on this February the 11th. So I thought I would continue with taking a look at another of the readings for Transfiguration Sunday. We had taken a look at the epistle, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 on Monday. Then on Tuesday with Mark Smith, we did the hymn, O Wondrous Type, O Vision Fair, and spent some time in talking about Mark chapter 9 and the actual event of the transfiguration. What we have left to look at is 2 Corinthians chapter 2. But before we do that, there are a number of other items that occur on a Sunday. There is the collect of the day, which we went over on Monday, but there's also an introit and a gradual. So let me explain the introit. The introit means the entrance, which is often done near the beginning of the worship service. The introit is always from the Psalms, which shows how important the Psalms are for understanding law and gospel. It begins chapter 99 of the Psalms, verse 1. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Now, what mountain are we talking about? Remember, Jerusalem was built on a mountain, and the temple was found there. So the holy mountain would refer to the time of Jesus when he attended worship services at the temple, and also the mountain would be referring to the Mount of Transfiguration. It's kind of interesting to take a look at various maps of the Jerusalem site, where was the temple, where was Herod's palace, where was Golgotha, where he was crucified, where was the transfiguration. And they are all around, of course, Jerusalem. Continuing, the Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. Now, why would we tremble if the Lord reigns? This is talking, of course, the trembling of our old Adam, as we recognize that God recognizes our sins and 
frankly, unless he is merciful to us, we are in big trouble. It says he sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The cherubim were angels that were in the temple. They were actually part of the Holy of Holies. They were made out of metal and were carried around from the tabernacle to the temple. Cherubim are a form of angels. Continuing, the Lord is great in Zion. Well, that's the name of the mountain, Mount Zion, Z-I-O-N. And the Lord is great in it. He is exalted over all the peoples. What does that mean? Well, his greatness is found in the worship service where he gives us wonderful benefits. The reason we need to attend worship every Sunday is because we learn things from God that we did not know prior to going to worship. A good sermon will always supply us with some information of which we were unaware of and comfort us with the gospel. Going on, chapter 99 of Psalm, let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Now, what does that mean, that God loves justice? Well, justice can be understood in one of two ways. It could be the punishment that people receive because of their sin. But justice also can refer to the fact that when God has your sins forgiven, he does not do that without a reason. He uses justice, namely the death of his only begotten son, in order to give you the righteousness of faith and the forgiveness of sins. That is executing justice and the righteousness in Jacob. Remember, Jacob was part of the nation of Israel that was not destroyed. The Assyrians destroyed northern Israel, 10 tribes. But the two tribes in southern Israel, taken into Babylonian captivity, later were allowed to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. So the introit ends 
exalt the Lord our God, worship at his footstool. Holy is he, his footstool. What is that referring to? That's the place where his feet are. And they certainly are evident and present in baptism and in the Lord's Supper. Those are his footstool where we confront Jesus and we hear the wonderful good news. After the introit, we looked at the collect of the day, but then we also have what's called the gradual. It also is from one of the Psalms. For Transfiguration Sunday, it's from Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. That is really critical. What is his faithfulness? Every time the word faithful is used in the scripture, it's referring to the keeping of promises. That is why God is faithful. And that is why the gradual says, the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Because even after we die and we go to heaven, he remains faithful to us in fulfilling his promises of a blissful life and a wonderful, wonderful life. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Now his courts refer, of course, to worshiping him. That occurs many times on Sunday morning but it also occurs other times at home when we lead our children in understanding Luther's small catechism or when we worship ourselves in the sense of reading the Bible and hearing the wonderful good news that Jesus Christ has to offer. What offering? do we bring into his courts? We bring ourselves, our voice, our eyes, our ears. That becomes an offering to see, to hear, and to speak the word of God. So, we already took a look at the epistle from 2 Corinthians and the gospel from Mark chapter 2. Now we take a look at the Old Testament reading from 2 Kings chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven 
by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah is E-L-I-J-A-H. Elisha is E-L-I-S-H-A. Now, Elisha was, in a sense, the seminarian to Elijah. He would be the one who would be taking over the prophetic vision Elijah was given. And Elijah says to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. Now, that was quite a ways from Gilgal. But Elisha says, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So together, they went down to Bethel. This helps us to understand the work of the pastoral ministry. Is one pastor goes with another pastor in proclaiming the word of God and does not leave the teachings of the former pastor. That is really important. Then we talk about in verse 3, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, now who are these sons of the prophets? These would be, if we were updating it to our day, seminarians. Seminarians who were being trained in what they needed to know about God's word. And as they were being trained, they came to know things that lay people would not know. What did they say to Elisha? Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? Isn't that interesting? They had information from the Holy Spirit that lay people would not have known. It reminds us of Elizabeth. When Mary came, Elizabeth was aware that she was pregnant with the Son of God. And she wondered why a visit was so important for her, especially with her son John the Baptizer leaping in the womb when he heard the voice. So, how does Elisha respond to the seminarians? He said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Now, why would you keep quiet about something? Because it wasn't the right time for people to know it. That reminds us of the actual transfiguration. 
when Jesus was going down from the mountain, what did he say to his disciples? Verse 9 of Mark 9. He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Then it would be an appropriate time to tell them about the great transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Going on in 2 Kings 2. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But Elisha responded, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him the same thing that the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel said. Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. So they began in Gilgal, they went to Bethel, they went to Jericho, and now they're on their way to the Jordan. Verse 7, 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Now, what does that remind you of? It reminds me of Moses and the Red Sea, where he parted the Red Sea in order for Israel to come. Very, very important that Elijah, who is taking up the ministry of Moses, is all now ready to give the ministry to Elisha. They go over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah asked Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Now, 
That occurs a lot of times at the installation of a pastor, where a pastor has had the hands of other pastors upon him, often as a repeat a Bible verse, indicating to him that he has now the gift of the Holy Spirit in a double amount in order to preach the word of God accurately, properly, and in agreement with Jesus Christ. How does Elijah respond to Elisha's wish? You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. So they still went on and taught. Then verse 11 says, Behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And if you continue reading, you get the ministry of Elisha. Very, very important. But there is a point that I want to make here. Elijah does appear not to have died before he went into heaven. But we die before we go into heaven. But how are we taken up into heaven? I believe that were taken up in the same way that Elijah died, or I should say went up into heaven because he did not die. That chariots of fire, horses of fire, the chariots of Israel take us to heaven. The only difference is people on earth do not see it as Elisha saw it. Elisha saw it, and therefore he received what he asked, namely the double portion of the Holy Spirit. You too will receive a multiple portion of the Holy Spirit when the angels of God take you from heaven. You can imagine, say, a loved one, your spouse, your child, your faithful neighbor or friend or relative. When they die, at that very moment, their spirit is taken up into heaven. 
awaiting the day of judgment when their body will rejoin them. That's the only difference. Because with Elijah, his body and spirit went up to heaven at the same time. But in our case, our spirit alone goes up. And we do not see angels. But I believe, and that's my personal belief, that chariots of fire, horses of fire, and the chariots of Israel take us up to heaven. The chariots of Israel and its horsemen, those are the angels. We have angels that are taking care of us here on earth, and we have angels that will take us to heaven. We may not see how it happens as it happened with Elijah, but it would be much the same. And it would be great comfort to those who lose a loved one through death here on earth, because we know that they are now in a situation where God has brought them into a life of bliss, awaiting the day when their bodies will be restored to them. And like Elijah, will be in heaven in both body and spirit. We know that God takes people into heaven who died because the transfiguration has not just Elijah there, which is understandable because he went up in the body, but also Moses, in which the Bible says clearly that he was buried by God. And yet he appears in the spirit on the Mount of Transfiguration. So that's where you are going on the day of your departure from earth, to the Mount of Transfiguration, to be with Jesus forever. That's the gospel of bliss, happiness, and joy. Join us tomorrow for an increased knowledge of the difference between law and gospel. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. 
We are the messenger of good news worldwide KFUO.